You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Well, for the first time this season, the Mets lost the series to a division rival as the Braves take three of four in Atlanta. On the show today in the first segment, I'll talk a little bit about that game. I'll preview Eliza ahead against the Phillies as well. But for the meat of our show today in the second and third segments, I had Aram Layton on, who is a great prospect evaluator for Just Baseball, where I work. And he gives you a really good detailed breakdown of Brett Beatty, what he can bring to the Mets this year, the changes that he made that really put him in this position to be big league ready and where he sees him in the future. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, you can follow me on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. And I just mentioned it. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. So when we look at this final game of the series against the Braves, You know, the Mets come up a little bit short, and ultimately, I think that there might be an overreaction by the fan base when it comes to losing a series to the Braves, but it's going to happen. The Braves are a good baseball team, and you still look at the season series. The Mets are a win away from taking the season series over the Braves. They've won nine of the first 16 matchups here to take one game in that three-game set at the end of September. They'll have won the season series, but more importantly, You know, they were pretty competitive in these last two games. Obviously, they win the third game of the series. Max Scherzer pitched well in the beginning. We already talked about the offense yesterday erupting. This final game, you know, you can look at it and say, yeah, the Mets only had six hits. Yes, they only scored two runs. But, you know, Max Fried was really good. And ultimately, you know, Jeff McNeil got a hit in the fifth. And Mark Canna had an amazing at bat and hits a home run. He had a really good series. Goes two for three in the game today. Um, you know, drove in those two runs on the homer. Uh, outside of him, you know, you see Jeff McNeil goes one for four, scores that run. Brett Beatty got a hit. McCann got a hit. Lindor got a hit. There wasn't a lot of offense, though, and the Braves didn't walk a single man. So it was a really well-pitched game. They have a great bullpen in Atlanta. And I don't think that this is a series that really, you know, kind of, changes anything for the Mets this season if they go out and they lose in Philly well now we can have a conversation but this was going into the opposition's house in Atlanta it's tough to play there and look it was some really well pitched games by that Braves team you have to tip your cap to them and moving forward we'll see if the Mets can hold off and 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 hang on to this division the schedule favors them you go out and you you farewell this weekend you handle the Yankees you got a series against the Dodgers coming up not too far beyond that and then it's kind of a cakewalk down the stretch so I still think this Mets team will be fine I still think they're going to win this division but obviously this was 
uh, a bump in the road for this Mets team. The good news is Jacob DeGrom, they're 95 pitches tonight. And I think that is a more positive development that is something that we can take moving forward as a bigger sign of what is to come for this team than losing three or four. Because the fact that he stretched out, almost gets you through seven, ultimately gives up a hit to the last batter he faces. Seth Lugo comes on to try to bail him out. You have a 3-2 count where Vaughn Grisham is running and a ball just gets through the outfield that you know, didn't get to Nemo quickly. He was playing back. He had a run in on it. He doesn't have a strong arm. That's how you lose the game, okay? It was uh, that type of a play. Ultimately, it would have been great to see the Mets show up more offensively down the stretch. But again, you're talking about the pitchers that they faced. You have Max Freed, who has a 2.60 ERA in the season. You have Minter with a 2.37 ERA. You have Rizella Iglesias with a 3.59 ERA, and he's been pitching to a sub-2 ERA with the Braves. And you got Kenley Jansen, who just saved his 28th game of the year. So it was a tough road for the Mets. They lose this one. They can get right back on the horse. The problem is they now got to fly from a night game into Philly. That's going to be tough. And they got to face Aaron Nola. So that's the one concern here. You know, it's going to be Bassett versus Nola in game one. Then it's going to be David Peterson versus Zach Wheeler in game two. Um, game three, I think, is Bailey Falter versus Trevor Williams. And then game four, it's Kyle Gibson uh, versus maybe Taiwan Walker, depending on if he can go at the back right now. It sounds like he might be able to take the ball. If not him, I would look towards a Jose Budo, um, who could potentially pitch for the Mets uh, in that final game of the series. Budo, one of the Mets' top prospects, and me and Aram actually talk about him a bit at the end of my conversation with him. So stay tuned for the rest of the show, and you can hear uh, Aram's thoughts as a prospect analyst gives you a little bit better uh, of a take on what he could bring to the Mets than I could. But bottom line here, rough series for the Mets. You hope that they can get back on the horse and be okay this weekend. Uh, and other than that, um, you know, we'll talk about it more on Monday where they stand this division. Frustrating series. At least they got one. That's why that game was so important on Wednesday night. Would have been great to see them get a split and you come out of Atlanta, no worse for wear, but it is what it is at this point. For the rest of the show, as I already alluded to, I have Aram Leighton on. He, of course, works with me at Just Baseball. The co-founder, as I've mentioned, he writes the most comprehensive top 100 you are going to find that's not behind a paywall. Great write-ups on each player. Uh, you know, the last top 100 included Francisco Alvarez at five, if I'm not mistaken, Brett Beatty at 25. I think Mark Vientos was on that list somewhere in the 80s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he really does some deep dives into video, talks to people around the league to really get a good sense on what some of these prospects will be. And he is very high on Brett Beatty. So we are going to discuss that in just a minute here. First, though, I don't know if you know this, but the liver is actually the key to sustainable weight loss. The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. But thanks to modern diets that are rich in unhealthy processed foods, most of us have overworked livers. Now it's easy, though, to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to the Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. The Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting supernutrients like turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract, all of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver and turn it into a toxin-flushing and fat-burning machine. No more bloated belly, no more uncomfortable digestion, no more feeling tired and low in energy all the time. And best of all, 
The Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long term. As a listener of our show, you can try the Liver Health Formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of their Curb Fit with your order. Curb Fit is a safe, all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. That makes it the perfect complement to the Liver Health Formula. If you want to try them today, go to getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more. Again, that is getliverhelp.com slash MLB to learn more and to try the Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and also to claim your free bottle of Curb Fit with your order. One thing I love about being a baseball nerd is getting a text just before midnight from one of your friends uh, with a hot take. And I got one from my buddy Arm Layton the other night. I think it was the same day he got hip surgery. It was just <laughs> it was. before. It was, right? Just before midnight, I get two texts. Brett Beatty isn't going back down. I think he's going to put the NL East on notice. You were looking at some Beatty data, and you loved what you saw, Arum. Uh, What was it that led you to send me that text message late at night? Yeah, man. Well, well, first of all, I, I don't even know if I thought he was going to hit a home run in, in that first swing that he ever took. My goodness. I mean, that was that was pretty awesome to see. Uh, it, it, it's been one of those things that I've been monitoring Beatty over you know the span of the last couple of years, especially. But what he has done over the last several weeks, especially, but just this season as a whole, it's like everything we wanted to see from Brett, Brett Beatty. Uh, not only is he just putting together better ABs and, and seems to have a much better command of the strike zone, which has already been something he's pretty good at, but it's kind of taken that to the next level. He's hitting the ball as hard as he's ever hit it, and he's hitting the ball in the air. And that was the big thing that I've been watching this year, where the ground ball rates continue to be so high for Beatty, which was amazing because he still continued to churn out really good seasons because of how hard he hit the ball. Now he's been focused on lift, lifting the ball a bit more, but still is even hitting it harder. It's like, what else do you want to see from a guy? And I think the stretch of the last 25 games where he's hitting over 400 and has eight homers in the minor leagues is a testament to just how much things have clicked for this guy. And and I really think the swing plays too. Yeah. You know, I think we've seen in some of his interviews since he's been called up, just talking about how he feels really good at the play. Like you can see the confidence in this kid, when he talks about just his approach and looking for a pitch to hit. And he gets one in that first at bat that he can handle. And he puts it in the seats. I have a couple of notes here from your preseason top 100, where you had Brett Beatty at, at 25. And yeah. I, I want to just get your take on how that's progressed this season. So here's the first one. I'm going to read them both because they kind of tie together. You say the swing is a little raw because Beatty is inconsistent with his lower half weight transfer. He has a tendency to lose his power in his lower half when he doesn't load correctly. With that being said, Beatty features both quickness and bat speed, with the latter being close to elite once he's fully developed. Then you say there is some swing and miss to his profile, but it could be due to his inconsistent swing mechanics that also produce more ground balls than a player like Beatty should be hitting. Beatty's swing mechanics hint at an untapped upside in his offensive profile once he shores them up. His advanced approach and physical tools could blend into a middle-of-the-order run producer at the highest level. So hearing your, your take <laughs> preseason to what he's done now, what, what's kind of your take there? So it sounds like we kind of we're seeing some of that untapped potential now, right? Yeah. Um, because I, I think that's Beatty at 25 was was we were probably higher than you could probably speak on that. Was that higher than most of the industry? I think so. Yes, yes. For yeah, sure. and I mean, he's a guy now that it, I said it before too. I, I wanted to be sure that we had it on record. Like, 
if Beatty comes out scorching through the first week, we're doing our midseason update on JustBaseball.com in the next week or so. I don't want it to seem reactionary. Like he was going to be in probably the top 20 or right at the 21, 22 range because of what he's shown already this year. But yeah, I think we're seeing him even on that home run swing. I think it's a perfect example of he stays back on a breaking ball and, and is able to drive it in the air. That was a pitch that was outer third. It was 72 miles an hour. He was probably sitting fastball on a one Oh count. And still if it hung, he knew he could still hit that pitch and his body was in a good spot where he could still drive it. When I was watching Beatty last year, it was just, and this is so common with young hitters. And I think people, we've heard Brett Beatty's name for so long that we forget that he's 22 years old. He's yeah. still an extremely young hitter who lost an important year in his development. 2019 draft, he misses 2020. 2021 was really his first full season. He only played 2019 at rookie ball. So this was his first real year to, to work through and get ABs against really good competition. He was already up in double A last year. And there was a little bit of fight or flight from him where it was like, throw your hands at the baseball, try to just put together good ABs. And I don't think he was really trying to let it eat and really get the whole body involved in the swing. Now he's figured out little cues with his load and ways to stay in his back hip. And we always talk to hitters. And that's a big thing that they're always talking about when we do the interviews on the call up is how they can stay in the back hip, trying to find those cues. And Beatty is a very simple load and has found a way to stay there. And I think now we're seeing the difference. There's clearly a very tangible difference in the power output from Beatty this year, having already hit 20 uh, compared to what he did last year. What was it? 12 in 91 yeah. games. He's got 20 in, in 96 or something like that. Uh, clearly there, there's something a lot more uh, tapped into with the, with the 20 home runs already this season. Yeah. You know, I, I think that with, with Beatty, the thing that it's always been discussed since he was drafted was the plate discipline, but now we're seeing him able to kind of leverage that discipline. And, you know, I was watching his at bats last night and you're seeing him take, you know, big league breaking balls that are out of the zone and spit on them, get himself yeah. in good counts. And then he's getting pitches he can handle. And the other big change that we've seen recently, you talk about that hot stretch is, you know, if you look at the splits of his season, like April and May, he was still kind of a, a similar spray chart to last year. And then from June on, he's tapped into way more pull side power. I think that could just be like you're mentioning, talking about getting that swing in order, getting the counts that he wants. And once he knows you know, what he's looking for, he finds the pitch he wants and he really ambushes and is looking to drive the baseball and drive it with some lift there. And, and how about the ground ball rate? Again, I just want to really contextualize yeah. it here because he played 40 games in double A last year where his ground ball rate was at 61.2%. I mean, that is unsustainably high in terms of trying to find success. That's like Eric Hosmer levels, which is okay. It's a 40 game stretch for a 21 year old in double A, yeah. but he cuts that down in roughly double the games this year in double a before getting the, the bump up to triple 42 percent, so almost a 20 percent slash in the ground ball rate i mean that is really a big difference maker and then his 90th percentile exit velo which is just you know what number is he getting to at the 90th percentile is up a mile per hour so you could probably look at his average exit velo that's up a mile per hour as well so hitting the ball a full mile per hour harder while hitting the ball in the air you know, roughly 20% more frequently, or at least just not on the ground, 20%. You know, it, it, that is something that is always going to bode well. Uh, he's hitting more line drives than ever. And his at-bats against lefties, we are talking about that pre-recording. It's going to be interesting to see how the Mets decide to proceed with Beatty long-term, or at least through the rest of this year, uh, in terms of how he's going to get ABs against lefties and things like that. But he's been much more competitive against them uh, through his nice stretch here. And again, the body control 
kind of works into that favor as well. Left, left on left, young hitters, front side tends to pull off. They tend to drift towards it. It's hard to really trust it and stay back. And he's done a much better job of that high 700s OPS on the season. I think that's more than competitive, and I think we could see that translate. And you talked about it before we were recording. He's got a pretty good test coming up. He does. He's got Max Freed. I don't think the Mets are going to go with Devin Marrero. As people are listening to this, they'll know how he fared against Freed. Uh, what I want to do next here is I want to talk a little bit about his fit the rest of the season, talk about the defense, and then maybe dream a little bit about what Brett Beatty's big league career could look like. Before we get to that, though, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting to scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so speaking of Brett Beatty's fit for the remainder of the season, you got Louis Guillaume, who is a guy we both love, has had a really nice year. <laughs> Defensively, I think Guillaume uh, still brings something that Buck Showalter really likes, and I do yeah. wonder if we could eventually see a road where Beatty could get some DH appearances with Guillaume getting back into third base when we get towards the playoffs. I want to talk about the defense there as it relates to those two guys once this team gets healthy because – there was a play last night that I think really kind of illustrates that give and take when it comes to a player like Beatty. Yeah. It's the seventh inning. Bases are loaded. Uh, Max Scherzer comes out. They bring in Adam Adovino. He gets a ground ball to Beatty. And, and Beatty, to his credit, makes a clean you know play, throws the second base. But there was a second uh, of delay there getting that yeah. transfer, right? Just that one split second. Vaughn Grissom beats it out at first base. It goes to replay review. They rule him safe. Then Robbie Grossman hits a home run and it ends up being four runs as opposed to an inning ending double play that would have saved the Mets four. So that's where defense still plays in where a guy like you can save you runs in a baseball game where Beatty just puts them up offensively. With that said, he handled all of his chances last night. I think comparing him to Eduardo Escobar clear that there's no reason not to start Brett Beatty. Of course. But, but that defense, I am curious what your kind of read is on how he could be at third base, because I still think that there is obviously some concern there. Yeah. You know, and I think long-term Brett Beatty is going to be a, a fine third baseman, uh, but the game is quick, man. And, and I was talking to Casey Schmidt, ironically, third baseman, who's one of my favorite defensive third base prospects in the Giants organization. He was just on the call up. And the reason why I bring him up is, he only got promoted from high A to double A, and that is a big jump. But I asked him, and again, this is a guy that's a plus defender by all of our grades. I said, you know, what's been the biggest adjustment for you? And he's like, it's just faster, man. And now imagine a Brett Beatty who, you know, started, really was playing this whole season in double, played, what, six games in triple, and then goes up to the big leagues. You know how much quicker the game is? And Von Grissom is a guy that made a big jump, too. My goodness, that guy flies. So the game just goes a little bit quicker for you. I think those internal clocks, those kind of things will get better for Beatty. But when it comes to the actual fundamental defense, I also texted you a few days ago and I said, hey, man, this is the one area where he probably needs a bit more work. And it's tough because the bat looks to be just about ready. 
but the glove needs a little bit more work. I, it's one of those spots where you look at a Guillaume and, and he gives you everything you can ever want defensively, right? And if you could put Guillaume and Beatty together, you might have one of the best players in baseball uh, in a few years. But I think it's really what the Mets want to get out of this, right? You have Frank, Frankie Lindor right next to him, who's one of the best defensive shortstops in all of baseball. I think the rest of the defense for the Mets is really strong. I don't think Beatty's enough of a liability where you're going to, you know, be worried about it, but late game substitution, I, I would probably consider swapping him out here and there just because the the actions are a little bit sloppy. At times you can see he's still kind of learning, you know, his internal clock, like I was talking about, and also just he needs more reps. Uh, we've seen him now getting some reps in left. I think he can be competitive out there, but I think the Mets also have to kind of put him in one spot and figure out exactly what, what the plan is for him long-term because the bat is so valuable. I, I, I wouldn't want to see him handled like an Andrew Vaughn or something like that where they're moving him around. Put him in one spot, let him develop, and I know the Mets want to win now, but I think if he gets consistent reps and can focus in one spot and get live reps you know, in batting practice or whatever – whether it's in left or in third, I think he can be competitive there. Obviously, much more experience at third. I think he can be passable. Yeah, I think that if we're talking about the playoffs, this could be a type of split where you see the Mets put Beatty out there for the first couple of bats, and once you get a lead in a playoff game, you go all defense and you try to preserve yep. that with a guy like Yorme because that's that's the value that, that Louis brings. And, you know, I, I think because he's been so good with the bat this year as well, we'll see what happens there. Uh the bottom line, though, is I think we're seeing, you know, short sample size, obviously, but what he did in double A and then making that transition to triple A just hit the ground running there. And now we see yeah. him hit a home run like the bat is here for, for, for Brett Beatty. And you're looking at a Mets lineup. It's just longer with this guy in it. As we kind of project out the future, I'd be shocked if he's not the opening day third baseman in 2023. And beyond that, I, I mean, what type of ceiling would you put on a guy like Brett Beatty? Oh, man. I mean, th there's a lot of things I really like about, about what Beatty does, and that kind of solidifies his floor. So I'll start there. The guy doesn't miss fastballs. I mean, this season so far, hitting 352 with a 1,034 OPS against heaters. Uh, what I also really like about him is, is what, what do we see kind of taking over baseball is, is the high velo, right? And, and a lot of guys will get up there. Nolan Gorman punishes mistakes, but kind of gets overwhelmed by the higher velo. Not the case with Beatty. Gets 94 mile per hour fastballs and above. He's hitting 321 with a 406 on base this year. Like this is a guy that will not miss the fastballs. That there solidifies your floor. But he's competitive against breaking balls and hits them pretty well as well. So I think that's something that really helps. But now that we're seeing the power, now comfortably in the plus territory, the bat to ball is very much good enough for the power output that he has. I think you can really dream on 280, a high on base percentage and 30 plus homers. Like I, it sounds like a very classic, really good player slash line, but I think that's exactly what you can get from Brett Beatty. He's competitive enough against lefties. I think he'll continue to get comfortable there. Uh, he punishes fastballs. He's competitive enough against breaking balls. He walks enough. He doesn't chase nearly as much as he used to. The end zone whiff is as good as it's ever been in terms of just not swinging through pitches in the zone. And he's still 22. So he's going to keep getting better, man. I think 280, you know, 360 with 30 homers is exactly what we can hope for at the peak. Does that mean he gets there next year? Maybe not. Maybe he's more in the 20 to 25 range and, you know, is more focused on just putting that on ball. But I really do think that's what we're going to get from Brett Beatty pretty soon. 
And, you know, you talk about the the at-bats against lefties, and, you know, I'm seeing Brandon Nimmo this year, the way he's progressed. I feel like when you have guys with great plate discipline, there's a better chance that they can make those improvements. Absolutely. Uh, to close out here really quick, uh, we'll, we'll kind of include this as part of the preview this weekend series. The way the Mets are, are slated right now, assuming there's not a rain out and Jacob DeGrom does pitch tonight, you're looking at Chris Bassett, uh, David Peterson, and question marks on the probable starters. So I want to get your your quick scouting report. If we see a Jose Buda who's on the 40-man roster, uh, what could we uh, see out of him as a starting pitcher? I know this is a little bit early for him, but he's on the 40, so it might just be his time. Yeah, well, and it's funny because we continue to see teams, more with the offensive guys, be aggressive with their prospects, especially the Braves, as they've done it now with Michael Harris, Vaughn Grissom, but the White Sox have done it with Lenin Sosa. Guys are making the jump from double and Beatty basically did it too. I know Budo's only made, what, one start in triple, and, and it yeah. wasn't the sharpest start in the world, but what he's done in double and what he kind of brings to the table I think is enough to get you through a start if you really need a spot start from somebody. I think he'll be competitive because he gives you four pitches here that he can mix up enough. Nothing jumps off the page. I think the changeup is the closest to a plus pitch, but the fastball is in the, the 93 to 95 range. He locates well. The changeup's good. He mixes in a slider and curveball enough. I do think if you throw Jose Budo in there, and it depends, you know, yeah, how, how he comes out, but I do think he has the capability of giving you five quality innings and, and filling in and getting you through that one time through the rotation. Long term, I do think he could be a back-end guy. He needs some work in terms of refining the breaking balls. But if you bring him up there right now, I think he can mix up four pitches enough to just keep guys on their toes two times through the lineup. And that's what they'll need this weekend. We'll see if uh, ultimately, I mean, he might pitch tonight in, in Syracuse and take himself off of uh, the Mets radar there. I'm not sure what they're planning. But like I said, the way things are shaking out, it is a possibility to see Budo. And I wanted to get your take on it because it would be way more informed than mine. Uh, thank you, Arm, for joining the show. You can follow him on Twitter at ArmLayton8. Find all the work he does at Just Baseball. He has the call-up podcast focusing in on prospects, a lot of great interviews. So make sure you check that out. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnMets, me at Finkelstein. Ryan, thank you for making this your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked on MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan. He's got you covered with everything going on in Major League Baseball.